Hallelujah. How many know we're standing on holy ground? Amen. We're standing. What, what makes where we're standing right now holy ground? Because the holy God comes in the midst of his holy people. And we are standing on holy ground today. Let's give the Lord a hand praise. Hallelujah. It talks about he's worthy. See, uh, to worship him, worship him. And, and worship is a derivative of worth. God is worthy of all of the praise. We're, we're talking about the God who spoke and the universe came into existence. See, we're, we're, we're talking about the God who told the sun to rise and to set. He's the God that hold this purple ball, this marble in the middle of nothing with oxygen and water and food. He's worthy of the worship today. He's worshiped to glorify, to magnify. Praise the Lord. Please be seated, saints. It's just, I tell you, praise team, y'all have stirred me up. Amen. Amen. I just think about how good God is. Uh, Brother Witherspoon and I bumped into the hallway right there. We got to talking about how good the Lord is. Uh, how he's concerned about us way down on the inside. That place that nobody can see, that nobody can touch. But that real me he's concerned about. And I thank God for that. Brother Chucky, I can tell God right where it hurts. And you know one thing about God, he won't even tell nobody. He'll just come to your rescue. He'll touch you like can't nobody else touch you. I heard a song say, I love it when you touch me. <laughs> I might be 70 year old and gray and bald, but I love it when the Lord touch me. I might be six foot three, but I tell you what, it brings tears to my eyes when I think about where the Lord has brought me from. So listen, I'm excited today. We praise God for this first Sunday in June in 2022. We're still standing. Praise the Lord. We're still here, Brother Peter. We're still giving, still giving God glory. Oh, bless the name of the Lord. We're so grateful and so glad to see all of the saints today. And, you know, and, and here at Three Ps, we don't never put nobody on the spot. <clears throat> so you don't have to be worried about being, getting called out and drug up here and put on the spot. But I, I, I would be remiss because my dear friends, Brother Ryan and Sister, is here today. And she's the mayor. Lorena was the mayor of Yoruba Valley. And I'm telling you, I never had the pleasure of really meeting the mayor and shaking their hand, letting on having, the, having the, uh, the mayor and her husband to come to my house and we sit down and break bread together. And, 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 but to think about all the good that this lady has done in the city of Yoruba Valley. So many lives have been touched because of you, Sister Lorraine. I just want to say that again. We don't put folks on the spot, but I just want to uh, acknowledge and let the folks know that God uses all of his people in very special and specific ways. And we thank God for that. So glad to see Patrick today. My, 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 I just may as well say my son. Praise the Lord. My friend, my buddy, my brother. Amen. We, we are in this together, right, Patrick? We are in this together. And Carlito, look at that smile. Have anybody ever seen a smile like that? Hey, Carlito. All right, brother. Praise, praise the Lord. Oh, yeah. Well, I, uh, it's Juan Carlos. Yeah. So I know my Carlitos, brother. <clears throat> praise God. I'm getting there, sister, but 
<laughs> my, my daughter, Rachel, praise the Lord. And Rachel, you know, I know your mom, I know your work, I know you got so much on your plate. But when I pass back through there, I say, I see you on the praise team again. I see it, it may not be coming right soon, but I see you in the praise team blessing the name of the Lord. So we just thank God today. We thank the Lord. It's, it, I was sitting there, and every now and then, Brother David, every now and then, the Lord kind of nudged me and, and showed me something or tell me something. And I was hearing the announcements as they were going forth. And I hadn't thought about things too much. But the Lord dropped it in my spirit. If there's any lady, any of the sisters that's connected to Three Peace Christian Ministries, if you want to go to the women's conference, then the church will will pay your was admission registration fee. All you have to do is is take care of your hotel part, but the church will handle all of the sisters here at Three P's that want to be a part of the women's conference. And and so, and I said, well, thank you, Lord, Amen, because it's a move of God, it's a mighty move of God, and it's coming our way. And then I was thinking, I'm getting to the lesson. Uh, to the message today, because my message today is, what's love got to do with it? But anyway, just a couple of more announcements. Uh, <clears throat> so for Saturday, brothers, you know, we always have our men's Zoom meeting. We haven't quite transitioned out of Zoom yet, but uh, there's two things happening that day. Sister Amanda's having the men's, uh, uh, what is it called, uh, the men's, like I want to get the term right. Where's Amanda at? Hey, sister, step in here real quick. And we're going to get to the message. Don't y'all go to sleep on me. Every man conference? Come on over here, babe. Praise the Lord, everybody. Good afternoon to everyone. I just want to make this quick announcement. Pastor has been so gracious to allow me to host my first storytelling event for men. I host it for women, but this event is for men. It's called Every Man Sharing One Man's Story of Healing. It's a pastor, Marietta. He's going to be sharing about his emotional journey, his dysfunctional relationship that he had uh, throughout his past, and how he was able to go through his healing process with the help of the Lord and the help of therapy to connect with his emotions. Because we know sometimes for men, it's hard for you to connect with your emotions. It's hard for you to share your emotions. So that will be that day on June 25th, Saturday at 10 a.m., He'll be here at 3Ps where he'll share his story as well as we have a male therapist that will be in the house to help men to learn how to cope and deal with your emotions and to look for resources to help you on your mental health journey. It's for men only, so no women in the house because we want the men to be able to have a safe, sacred, confidential space where they can be free to share how they feel without having any other women in the house so they can just be free because they need that space for them to be free. So tickets are $20. I've been blessed to be able to have this be my first event to share because I have a lot of men in my life that needed healing, and so I'm happy to have that space for them. Amen. Thank you. So, brothers, we'll, we'll, we'll probably do our Zoom meeting, uh, but we also can do it here if you want to be here, because at 10 o'clock, we'll just navigate right to, uh, to, this, to the event that Amanda just mentioned. So, we'll, the 25th. You going to be in town, Pastor Jones? 
Y'all right. <laughs> praise God. Praise God. And so we'll, we'll do that, brothers. So God bless you all today. We just thank the Lord again. Sister Carolina, it was such a blessing, the home going for Sister Deborah. You know, that lady left a indelible mark on Three Peace Christian Ministries. And how many of us own your lives at Deborah Leva? imprint on your life. Let me see your hands. Praise the Lord. And so it was just a blessing yesterday to hear her children. And the children, uh, were as they had their words to share about their mother, they were learning things about their mother in the last week or two that they didn't even know. And I'm like, that's real interesting, but that just shows you the impact that Deborah had on so many lives. That's the seat right there. Praise God. God bless Mother Lee. Praise the Lord. That little little 90-plus-year-old prettiest lady in Fontana coming in. Praise the Lord. So what's love got to do with it? Now, I don't know why the Lord, well, I do know, gave me that thought. Now, you know, we ain't going to be preaching about Ike and Tina Turner. You know, 1984. <laughs> her, her first single big hit was what's love got to do with it you know but it is a question that needs to be answered today and and uh and then i woke up this morning and my mind started going back to the 60s and one song was love makes the world go round y'all do remember that right yeah. martha and the vandellas and then it was um <laughs> Love makes you do foolish things. Now, all of that was was talking about the natural part of man. All of that was talking about, you know, the the relationships between men and women. Uh, Most time, not even saved folks, you know, uh, you know, it, it, it is a part because God created relationships. And I've come to learn that in, in my life because God is romantic. I just thought about that too. Let me qualify that. <laughs> because who make these beautiful moonlit nights? Stars in the sky. Birds chirping in the trees. Make a young man run hot and cold at the same time. When he see the the love of his life come up before him. God does that. But you know there's a deeper love. There's, there's a deeper love than just uh, Sandy and I. Than, than whatever, whoever's in here, whatever couples is here. It, it's a deeper love than that. So there's, there's a love that's, that's relegated to a man and a woman. There's a love for friendships. Like, you know, and I'm growing about this love thing because, Brother Joe, I love you. I love you now, <laughs> 50 years ago, I never would have told a man I love you. They say, oh, no, no, man. You're, yeah, we homie. We mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be no love talk. And, and, and Paul says, greet the brothers with a holy kiss. Huh? <laughs> You know, come here, let me hug you. You know, but God is a God of love. What does love have to do with it? You know, the love 
that you see mothers have for their children. Now you say, you see how pretty Rachel is and how calm and holding that precious little baby. You let somebody go over there and act crazy around the baby. I believe this mother would take care of business. Is that right? You know, why? Because she loves that baby. It's built, it's innately built in women to love and to care for their babies. That love comes from God. So when somebody says, what love's got to do with it, love's got everything to do with life itself. And so then there's an ultimate love that's called agape love. And I, I love the definition of this one I looked at of that because it says like this, agape love requires, watch this, faithfulness, commitment, sacrifice. Watch this, without expecting anything in return. Did y'all get that? Loving someone without expecting anything in return. Because somebody sometimes get in a place where you don't love me like I love you. Do you? You know. <laughs> yeah, you know. But, but see, when you love unconditionally, you love not because of. But you love in spite of. Because that's the way God loved us. In spite of all of my issues. In spite of all of my hard-headedness. In spite of all of my rebellion. God yet loved me. And he loved me so much that he wooed me into the kingdom of God. And allowed me to stand on holy ground. And for that I say God thank you. God has been merciful to me. He's merciful now and he always will be merciful because that's who he is. That's who he is. You know, what, what is it? You have to think about this. What is it that would cause one, two, three, four, five? You know, we count all of souls is in this place that count that will cause all of us to be like-minded. Why do we come here? Jesus. <laughs> what are we doing? Praising the Lord. What are you? Happy, grateful? <laughs> because I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb? What love got to do with it? See, so I want to look at just a few passages of Scripture here because it is first Sunday. We are going to have communion. Praise the Lord. Uh, and an executive board meeting for those executive board members after church. But let's look at the Word of God. Matthew chapter 22, verse 34 through 40. You know, Jesus... Not only being God incarnate in the flesh, but there was never a teacher like Jesus. There was no one that could reach people like Jesus reached people. Because he looked right all <laughs> he looked past all of the faults. He looked past all of the issues, and he sees our hearts. And the love that God has for his creation, he's constantly wooing us. And drawing us closer to him. Even those who profess to be atheists. Even those who are shaking their fists at God. God is saying I love you. I love you unconditionally. I want to have a relationship with you. I want to bless you. 
I want to deliver you. I want to heal you. I, I want to take you to a place, to places you never dreamed of before. What's love got to do with it? So in Matthew 22, 34, and it's kind of jumping in the middle of a narrative, uh, but it says, but when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, well, all of these were the religious order folks of the day. The Sadducees, they didn't believe in the resurrection. But we know that we're going to be resurrected. Is that right? We know that we're going to spend eternity in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ. The Sadducees didn't believe that. They didn't believe that that that, that could happen. So Jesus, and we'll see Jesus had dealt with them. And the Pharisees, all of these were, were uh, religious folks, was, was jockeying for a position. Jockeying to be the ones who would be the authority to represent God. You know what I found out? God don't need no help. He's God all by himself. He don't need a representative. He, he blesses us. He allows us to represent him the best we know how. But God, all you got to do is look up into the sky. All you got to do is go out to the ocean. All you got to do is look at yourself. Who created all of this? My eye doctor, the man got saved in Berkeley uh, uh, College, a Chinese man who whose background was not Christianity and they were studying the anatomy and he got into the part where they're looking at the eye and he was like, wait a minute. This couldn't just happen. This is, this is way too deep. Some, somebody knew what they were doing when they put this together. Design. And, and so this, this, this doctor he found Jesus at one of the most liberal colleges in the country. And then, because it kind of got me when I first started going there, to wonder what's going to happen with these old eyes. Am I going to be able to see or not? He was like, well, well, God made it like this. And God made it like that. My ears like a doping pitcher. What? <laughs> you, you, okay, nothing like a doctor talking about the Lord. Yeah, I have another little doctor, Dr. Lee, and, and, and we can't leave her office without her praying for us. She, she's very smart, sharp. She goes through all the medical stuff. And before we get out, she says, now, Lord, bless Mr. Perry and work on his blood pressure. I'm like, oh, man, I'm the, you just quit it, you know. <laughs> See, but, but that's the God we serve. What's love got to do with it? Thank you, Lord. So, but when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, because he rebuked their notion that there was no resurrection, they tried to trip him up with some questions that didn't hold water. They met together to question Jesus again. And it says, and they said, uh, so that, okay, let me, okay, get back over here, get back over here. I'm sounding like Pastor Warren. So they met together to question Jesus again. One of them was an expert in religious law. Tried to trap him with this question. Trying to trap Jesus. Can you imagine? You're going to set a trap for the one who created you. For the one who created the universe, you're going to trip him up with a question. Hello, Sister Carolina. You know that ain't going to work. <laughs> but anyway, So they said, teacher, you know, you know how wolves come in sheep clothing? You know, it's, you know what, what the temptations say, smiling faces sometimes, you know. They say, teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? 
Je yeah, since you the teacher. Jesus replied, you must, now get this. And this was not one of the Ten Commandments, but God has many commandments and structures and laws and statutes that he want his people to understand and recognize because they all point to who he is. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, now listen to this close, because I just want the word to speak to us today. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart. A-L-L. A-double -L -L, hockey sticks. All. With everything in. With all your heart. Listen to this part. All your soul. Oh, my God. The very essence of who you are. Love God with that. And all your mind. See, sometimes, folks, mind keep them away from God. How can this be? How can a holy God allow that to happen? How, 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 you, how, you, you know. So your mind can keep you from loving the Lord God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And listen to what Jesus said. This is the first and greatest commandment. Because if you don't get this right, you're not going to get nothing right. And then he says, and this is what really was where the crux of this, this message for me came from today. And the second he says. So the first one is what? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Right? And he say the second is equally important. Equally important. I mean, they're on the same level. The, the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Didn't say like. Didn't say love by proxy. See, I'm going to play like I love your sister because everybody's watching. <laughs> no, I need to love you for who you are. I need to love you because of who he is. I need to love you because of what he's done for me. So he says, love your neighbor as yourself. And get this, the entire law and all of the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. God didn't give us a whole bunch of, don't do that. Don't go over here. Don't wear that. Don't, 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 don't. <laughs> he said, no, love. What's love got to do with it? God said love. And, and, and we're living in a time where there's hatred. And there's a spirit right now that's running through the nation. And every time you look around, there's two or three shootings a day. So that the enemy is the source of hatred and, and murder because Jesus said the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came that you might have life and that you may have it more abundantly. Why? He said, because I love you. Amen. And so, so and when we don't have uh, the love of God, there's some fear down on the inside. Because if the truth be told, none of us know where we're going. We, I, well, no, no, no. Let me take that back. In a natural sense, folks are, are, are unaware and afraid of the unknown. Let me put it that way. Because when you come to Christ, you know where you're going. Amen. Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. 
And if I go prepare a place for you, I'll come again. That's in, in John 14. But, but for the sake of it, though, if you don't have the love of God, there's going to be some fear. There's going to be some uncertainty. There's going to be some calamity in your life. So 1 John 4, 17 says, love has been perfected among us in this. What is this? That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. That's what I'm getting. So, so we don't have to worry about, oh, what's going to happen to me when I die? I sure hope I go to heaven. I don't want to. No, no. God said in his word, these things are written that you might know that you have eternal life. That when you step out of here, you'll step into his presence. You, have you noticed you don't see people who love Jesus on their deathbed uh, throwing the bedpan at, 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 at the doctors and nurses? You, you don't see that because you'll see believers saying, like my grandmother, stop praying for me. She said, I'm ready to go home. She said, I'm tired. And she knew that she was going to a better place. She knew that she was going to see Jesus face to face. There was no torment. There was no apprehension. Aunt Claudia, she was the woman on the day she passed away, was sitting up watching TV and drinking coffee at Kendrick's uh, Hospital over there. She knew she was dying. She said, no, I don't want no resuscitation because God had allowed to get to that point. Because when she first got sick, this was Sister Perry's uh, uh, aunt, great aunt, and, uh, and it got in the hospital the first time, and they said, well, do you have a directive? She said, yeah, but she said, <laughs> it was like, so do you want to be resuscitated? And she was like, now this was before she got real sick. She said, well, <laughs> you know, you can give me a couple of hits, but <laughs> she, she was like, don't, don't, don't do nothing, <laughs> you know. And the, and the nurse was trying to figure, how do I write this down, you know. It, it, but, but see, but as she continued to grow in the Lord, as her walk became closer and closer to God, she wasn't worried about that no more. Because uh, it, it, and I didn't even think about it, but I was at the hospital, Corona Regional, with her, and she had a real bad sickness about three months before she died. They transported her to the hospital, and I come in from work, flying in from L.A., and she's telling the orderlies what all she's seen. And they're like, okay, they, th- they think she's loopy. She wasn't loopy, but God was showing her some things. And, and then she looked at me and she's saying, you really won't believe this. I'm like, oh boy. She said it was so peaceful. Everything was so quiet. It was just wonderful. And, and everybody's just like, whoa, just hearing what she's talking about. And she went to sleep and she slept for 24 hours. And from that point on, she wasn't worried no more. Weeks and months went by and she knew that she was on. That's love now. See, the love of God did. What's love got to do with it? The love of God has all everything in the world to do with that. So in that 1 John 4, 17, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Wow. Wow. In the, I'm, not, I'm not worried, God. I've accepted your son, Jesus. God, I'm not worried about a burning hell. Thank you, God. He says, because as he is, 
so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. Sister Sheila, there's no fear in love. But listen to this. But perfect love. Say that again, preacher. Say say it like you mean it. Perfect love. (laughs) Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Perfect love. Wow. But perfect love casts out fear. There's no fear in loving God. Amen. Thank you, God. Perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him. Why? Because he first loved us. Wow. Do we ought to give the Lord a hand praise for his word. So if you're fearful, start loving the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And the fear will begin to fade away. Because the God we serve, he's never lost the battle. Never will. St. John 3, 16 and 17. Again, my thought is, what's, what's love got to do with it? For God so loved the world. Not just, not the cosmos, but his, his creation that he created in his image and in his likeness. Uh, uh, ever since the fall of man, before the fall of man, when God created man, in his image and in his likeness and told man to be fruitful and multiply. He saw that it was good. It was not good for man to be alone. Made him a help me. Put the brother to sleep without a, without a, without an anesthesiologist. Took a real out and formed his wife Eve. And he said, whoa, man. You know. Woman. <laughs> yeah. He he seen he seen his share of giraffes and buffaloes and stuff. <laughs> he woke up and he said, oh, "Whoa, <laughs> I'm gonna call her Eve." Amen. Okay, let me get. I'm sorry. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever, 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 somebody need to hear this. Whoever, God don't have no special folks running around here. Nobody who's born uh, saved and. Uh, loved a lot people. We are born in sin and shaped in iniquity. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus, that whoever, whoever you are, wherever your background is, whatever you don't understand, whoever believes in him, Jesus, should not perish, but have everlasting life, should not die and go to hell, should not live in torment, but, but will, 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 will have everlasting life. You know, that's what God has blessed us to to have as believers, that we can share the love of Jesus, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ with a dark and dying world in love. Nothing worse than seeing a Christian going around trying to beat somebody over the head. You need to, you need to, what? God didn't do me like that. I sure thank God he didn't because I was so hard-headed I wouldn't listen to nobody. I ran everybody away from my door. Christians, Jehovah Witnesses, Muslim, yeah, Harry Christians, you out of here. And, 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 I, and I was spiraling downhill, going down fast, and didn't even know it. But the love of God. What's love got to do with it? Because I'm standing here. Because what could have been, God said not so. What should have been, he had mercy upon me. 
For God so loved the world, <coughs> excuse me, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Listen to this. For God did not send his son Jesus into the world to condemn the world. He didn't come in here whooping everybody upside the head. Ah, you are you wrong like that one fellow used to be about, ah, about 35 years ago down uh, in on Skid Row, had a megaphone, and he had one message. Y'all going to hell all up and down Fifth Street. <laughs> yeah, that's not God's message. His message is, I love you. You know, who, who are we to stand in judgment of anybody? Right? Look at the mess we were. I was. That's what I love about saints. They don't, you don't tell it like it to your ears. I ain't always been talking this Jesus talk. I came from somewhere. Praise God. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Listen to this. But that the world through him might be saved. How many of us in your lifetime, regardless of how old you are, have seen conditions like we're seeing right now? Hmm? The Vietnam era, uh, uh, Iraq, Afghanistan era, World War II, uh, you know, but we're seeing, I mean, we're seeing demonic stuff all around us. We're, we're seeing dreadful stuff. We're seeing callous and cold-blooded things all around us, and, and now it doesn't even affect some people. Jesus said, when you see all these things happening, mother against daughter, father against son, Earthquakes in different places. You know, he said what he said, look up. See, look up to heaven. Look up for your redemption is drawing near. Christ said, I'm soon to come back. This same Jesus, he's coming back again. So listen, don't think it's strange because what the Bible is being fulfilled right in front of us. But remember, love casts out fear. So we know who's in charge of this whole situation, and it's going to come to a head. And I'm so glad I'm on the Lord's side. Yeah. We should sing the song, I'm on the Lord's side. Makes me mighty glad. And get happy sometimes. Makes me mighty glad. You know, we're going to praise God because we know in whom we have believed. You know, and, and so what's the love got to do with it? See, so goes love, so goes the nation, so goes the world. So goes the family. So God in his infinite wisdom, he pins in Ephesians 5, husbands, love your wives. What's love got to do with it? And see, listen, just let me read a little bit more and you'll see how important this is. It's more than just Sandy and I. For me, he, he's saying, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Wow. Jesus, God's son, God gave his son whose son gave his life for the sins of the world. How much more should a man love a woman? Again, when a man loves a woman back in the 60s. But this love is deeper than all of that. See, I didn't, I didn't know really know love until I came to know Jesus. You couldn't have told me that I didn't love, but I didn't really know what love. I didn't know what love looked like. 
But he says, husbands, love your wife just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Listen, now this switches over from now from you and I to the church at large, what God has done. So he says, why? That he, that Jesus might sanctify, means set apart, and cleanse her, the church, with the washing of water by the word. Hold up your Bible, Brother Joe. By the word, the word of God. Thank you, God. He said, that why? That he might present her, us, the church, to himself, a glorious church. See, the church is alive and well. Now, you might see some folks under the name of Christ doing some crazy stuff. That ain't the church. The church whose Christ is coming back for is those who love God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength and been washed in the blood of Jesus. That church is very well. Because when the rapture take place, some folks going to be left here. They're going to be saying, wait a minute, wait, who flying this plane? Well, that boy was a Christian. He gone. <laughs> Who's left? The stewardess? We know she ain't been living right. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. So, but you, okay, but flip it over. The co-pilot, he wasn't living right. He left behind. But the one, <laughs> but the one who loved Jesus is going to be caught up, same with the train driver and the truck. Can you imagine the the 91 freeway when the rapture hit? And all those who love Jesus is caught up out of here? You talking about zigzag. That he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having a spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy, the church. Should be, and the church is made up of people, of the saints of God. Should be holy and without blemish. So he flips back to the natural side. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. So you see a man whooping up on his wife, he don't love himself either. Because if you if you if you if you, if you, if you go around beating yourself up. You got a real problem. Say, I'm going to knock you out. (laughs) (laughs) So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh. But nourishes it, feeds it, cherishes it, cleans it up, brushes his little teeth. You know, get behind the ears. Just as the Lord does the church. God nourishes the church. He uses us to help each other. He helps us to knock the dust off of someone's shoulder in love. And and that we can grow together. And and so I'm going to wrap up with a couple other verses. But 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. It it begins to tell us what love is. What love look like. And how he wants us to operate. So love... Puts up with a lot. Let me read it. Love suffers long. Listen to this now. This is this is this is getting to the nitty gritty. <laughs> and love is kind. I've heard Brother Chucky in time before say, "Put your name where love is." That really takes it to another level. Kermit suffers long and is kind. 
David suffers long in his kind. Christy suffers long in his kind. You know, we put our names there. But here it's talking about love. Love suffers long in his kind. Listen to this. Love does not envy. Love is not envious. Isn't it a sad thing if you see husbands and wives envious of each other in the same house? Some men can't handle it because their wife make more money. What? That's a blessing. <laughs> Say, hallelujah. You know, I mean, that's no problem. You know, so, so, so per, per, perfect love. <laughs> Jackie say, say that again. <laughs> Play that again, Sam. <clears throat> okay. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Your man don't have to run around the house with a sign on the back talking about I'm the boss. I'm the man of the house. No, you just need to act like what you what God has called you to do. Be who He has called you to to be. Uh, love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed up. Love ain't all that in the bag of chips. If in from a personal from people's side, so love is not puffed up. Love is humble. He said. He said. It love does not behave rudely. If you're walking in love and in the love of God, brother Steve, love is not rude. No, love is not putting folks on the spot. Love is not embarrassing folks. Love is not rude. Uh, love does not seek its own. Mine, mine, mine is all about me. I got expectations of you <laughs> and none of myself. Mm. Does not seek its own. Love is not provoked. Love thinks no evil. Love does not rejoice in sin or iniquity. But love rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things. Because things can come up. Situations can come up. But 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 love can deal with it. See, uh, love believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. And you jump down to the 13th verse and now what's left? Faith, hope, and love. These three. But the greatest of these is love. We got to have faith in God. We can't live without hope. We're walking dead men. But if you don't have love, what are you doing? What does love have to do with it? Let me close up with Matthew 9, 36 through 38. Talking about love. Talking about Jesus. The love that God has for his people. And you know God don't change. He's always the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So when Jesus was walking the dusty shores of Galilee, traveling back and forth to Jerusalem and Judea, various places, Jesus came to die for the world. Jesus came to give his life a ransom for the sins of many. Jesus came to do the will of his father. Jesus was being persecuted by people he created. Was thrown, was, 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 was plotted on all the time, was trying to be tripped up all the time, was called all kind of names. And he endured it. Why? Because he loved just like that. And then Jesus see the issues. He sees, God sees the, sees the problems. He sees the hurts. He sees the pains globally and individually. 
And that, 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 should, that should be confident to somebody that God know what you're going through. When nobody else know, God knows. But, but God in his love and, 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 and relationship with, with, with family and friends and spouses and so forth, God will have that place in love where you can have a shoulder to lean on. You can have someone you can confide in. You can, you know, because God in his healthy love causes families to be healthy, causes the nation to be healthy, causing the world to be healthy. If folks just turn to God, it says, it says in Matthew 9, 36, but when Jesus saw the multitudes, when he saw so many people as he would go about preaching and healing and delivering folks, I mean, the, 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 the needs are endless. You can take your paycheck and you can go down on Skid Row or you can go into the riverbank and you give everybody all your money and they're going to be out there the next day. The prisons, you go in there and you take some Bibles like we're going next month and you go and share with the people. But when you leave, pain and darkness and suffering is still there. So the need is great. So Jesus, but it's, the Bible said, but when Jesus saw the multitude, listen to this, he was moved with compassion. Jesus, the love of God kicked in. He was moved with compassion for them because, listen to this, they were weary. Mm. Have you ever been weary in your heart and in your mind? Have you ever felt like you've been all by yourself? Have you been in a sick room and you didn't know if you was going to live or die? Whatever the situation may be, have you been there? Because Jesus, he saw them because they were weary and they were scattered like sheep having no shepherd. And here's the punchline here. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful. In short, the seed's been planted. The product have come up, which is souls, which is people. The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. How many are here today who you're ready to go out into the harvest. You're ready to go share the love of Jesus with somebody that's hurting, somebody that's lost. You're ready to try to give a helping hand to someone. You're ready to give a kind word or a hug or a smile to someone. You're ready to do the will of God because the harvest is ripe. People are dying all around us. There's sickness and pain and death and destruction everywhere, but love the love of God that he has bestowed upon us. We can make a difference. We can make a difference. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. So this is, this is our, well, this is our message for today. Elder Jones, you preach way too long. I hear the little song, Sister Amanda, and, and if you have one, you're going to have to do two, but what's love got to do with it? And I was thinking about the song we used to sing when we were children, but it's not a children's song. Yes, Jesus loves me. Huh? See, let's sing that together.
Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a praise. Amen. While we're standing, we're getting ready for communion. If the ministers would come forth, please.